What's up, sports fans, and welcome to an all-new episode of Football Fanatics here on Final Timeout Sports. I am your host, as always, Forbes Crowley, joined by my co-host, Fernando Doctors, for this 20th episode of Football Fanatics here. We're coming up on the 11th week of the season. We're going to break down uh, some of our preseason picks as we get over halfway through the season, um, talk about some good ones, some hot takes that hit, and some hot takes that missed. Uh, Nando, I'll <laughs> kick it over to you. Let's start with the bad takes. Let's just get that one out of the way. All right, to get this one out of the way, I know for you viewers or listeners, you know, who have been with us for a while now, I think it's safe to say that my bad hot take was um, resting my faith in the combo of Nathaniel Hackett and, you know, QB Russell Wilson. You know, big contract, big massive trade, you know, you gave this guy tools in Jerry Judy. Corlin Sutton and what seemed to be, you know, a, res- a resurgence and improvement from Javante Williams, who unfortunately got injured. But man, do they stink! And boy, was I wrong to say the least. That I uh, I apologize to everybody for wasting their time and saying that the Chiefs, the Chiefs, sorry, were not going to win the AFC West, and instead it was going to be these clowns that have put up. I mean, granted, I think that their defense has been great up to this point. Obviously, they dealt One of the best in the league. Facts. Obviously, they dealt uh, Bradley Chubb just before the deadline to the Dolphins, um, but they've been they've been limiting you know opponents to less than twenty points a game, and basically all you're asking is for your quarterback to throw you know get two touchdowns, yeah, maybe three a game, and you're winning at least roughly half of them. But yet they couldn't. They they just honestly couldn't. So that's my bad take. What about yours? My bad take. Um... It was the confidence that I had in the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, that receiving core, granted, the last couple weeks has looked a little better, um, not necessarily last night. Um, but, God, that offense, I really I thought that with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon combo, that they'd be able to, you know, keep it together even without Devontae Adams. But they've been awful. Their offense has not looked in sync the entire season. Um, LaFleur and Rodgers seem to be on a complete different page arguing and all this stuff. Um, I think one of the questions asked last night um, to Aaron Rodgers after the game was, uh, you know, where do you go from here? And he just said, home. So I think he's just, like, beaten. He's just so tired of playing. Like, he doesn't have any patience for developing these rookies, which – I think is some extent fair, but also he needs to understand these are rookies and you can't just expect to have this immediate rapport with guys. That's a great point, honestly. you got to give him confidence. Yeah, and every week he comes out to a prep conference, win or lose, and says that, you know, guys need to be making more plays. There are too many mistakes. Guys are making mistakes. And he always puts it on his teammates. He never is talking about his own play or anything like that, Um, which kind of tells you what type of person he is but these guys make plays too you know like it's, it's obviously been a bit like rocky you know and it's like inconsistent but like Christian Watson has like stepped up um you know a few weeks back it was Romeo Dobbs you know scoring that touchdown against the New England Patriots yeah. late uh to seal it for them like Al- Alan Lazard obviously is a bit of I mean, a disappointment <laughs> But, I mean, he's got talent. Like, I think that that comment you made about, like, him, like, you know, having patience and, like, actually, like, having, you know, like, demonstrating that he has confidence in their ability and maybe, like, spending more time, like, 
the the Packers have no reason to be as bad as they are. No, I, think. I mean it's the same thing as a couple years ago uh, with Brady and Nikhil Harry. Brady just wanted Nikhil Harry to already be this wide receiver one and to be dirty, and Nikhil Harry needed to develop, and Brady had no patience for it, didn't want to deal with it. Now you know Nikhil Harry's career really has never gotten off. Um, really mm-hmm. started, and now he's on the Bears' offense, which is just death for a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's quit focusing on uh, on the negatives. What's a hot take that you had in the beginning of the season that absolutely hit? Ooh, I'm gonna go with Ramondre. I've just been saying that this guy is elite. Like since coming out of college, I and I think it began <clears throat> his first year. I think it might have been like preseason. I was like, damn. Like last this year, guy, yeah, last preseason. This guy is like. He's really like I'm. I'm watching it. I'm like reminiscing. Is this like Derrick Henry? Like a little Derrick Henry? Like this guy's a beast. Like as a pass catcher, you know, as just a hard like hard hard runner. Like it's tough to tackle this dude. Super dynamic. Uh, no, not to take any credit away from Damian Harris. He's been an absolute dog for the Pats. Um, talented guy. But Ramondre is just a, on a different level. He's just an elite. He has a – this could be a, easily a future Hall of Fame running back in my eyes. He definitely could be a, a Pats Hall of Famer. And, I mean, he keeps running like this, just downhill and hard. Um, and But he can still be out there on third downs. Yeah, he's, he's – we'll get a lot of hate for saying this, but he could be a little bit of a, a little Derrick Henry, you know, a small yeah. king. Um, so – 100%. Um, my side of it, I'm going with uh, the Jets winning the draft uh, this past year. Ah, um, uh, that's a good one. You yeah. know, I, coming out of it, I liked um, Brees Hall out of uh, Iowa State. Um, he was playing really well until he um, he tore his ACL. Was that? Mm-hmm. Um, that was unfortunate. Garrett Wilson, one of the best wide receivers in the draft. Really had, um, oddly enough, had a really good rapport with Joe Flacco and has had less uh, of a rapport with Zach Wilson since he's uh, become the starter. But still, I think he's going to be a great receiver for them um, for a while. I think, you know, the biggest thing for the Jets and for them to have success is just don't make Zach Wilson do too much. You know, just make him play easy football. Um and, you know, you'll be able to get some wins, which is supported by that run game that they were having with Brees Hall, um, Garrett Wilson just being a solid guy. And then defensive side, uh, Sauce Gardner is looking like a, a pro bowler um, in his first year. Um, you know, he's absolutely locking up some of the best receivers um, in the league. He's already had to um, face Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, um, a bunch of other guys that I definitely just can't think of right now. But... The New York Jets absolutely uh, won this draft. Obviously, it helps when you have two picks in the top ten, but we've seen those picks get absolutely mucked before. So, definitely a good job to uh, the Jets front office here. Um, and then now that's, you know, going to make it interesting. It's going to make it uh, a fun one. Uh, you know, as we're over midway through the season, seeing some of these um, divisions start to solidify what division leader would you say is in the best position uh, to finish the season at their top spot? I think the Vikings are for sure a lock. 
Um, no one's going to catch them. I mean, if you're looking at their division, it's the Packers are in second and they're four and seven, you know, and the Vikings are eight and one. Um, that being said, though, I think another strong, uh, another strong team that's going to keep first has got to be the Titans. I mean, we saw them yesterday. Um, very good situational football. You know, they good team on third down, strong defense, Rabels. Obviously, displaying that you know the benefits of working under a guy like Bill Belichick. Um, they're seven and three. You know, I think they're rolling. And the Colts. I mean, I'd be very interest, interested to see if the Colts can you know turn this one around. You know, they made the coaching change. You know, Jeff Saturday out of nowhere is now the new interim head coach. Um, they won their first game under him. Like maybe they can win a couple more. I mean. Could they make the playoffs? Potentially. I mean, they're only one game below 500. That being said, no chance they catch the Titans, in my opinion. I think there could be an argument against, obviously. They have some tough games um, coming up. They have to play the Cowboys at home, um, you know, away against the Chargers, and away in Philadelphia, and against Cincinnati at home. I mean, those are a few tough games there. But I think at the end of the day, they're the Titans are looking at it like, you know, I would say a 10-11 win season, and that's going to be enough uh, to win the division. What about you? What would you say is the team in the strongest position to hold it out? Yeah, you know, like you said, there are a couple of couple of obvious ones. Could probably loop the uh, the Chiefs in there as well, sitting 7-2. and two. But I went with uh, a bit of a rogue one. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks currently... Um, Five and five, and sitting atop that kind of weird-looking NFC South division, division that we thought you know even the Saints could potentially sneak into the playoffs. Um, they're they're three and seven. Um, the Falcons have played surprisingly good football, but you know, granted, it might seem like a little favoritism because of Brady, but there there's some reasoning for all of this. The Bucks had the 12th hardest schedule um, of the season through 10 weeks, um, and now they face a road that looks a whole lot easier. Currently, only two of their remaining games are against teams with winning records, uh, against the Bengals at home uh, and the 49ers away. They get the Browns after the bye week, who they will have Watson back, but we'll see how, you know, if he's really able to gel immediately when he gets on, uh, gets back in that offense. Um, then they have the Saints, for their two tough games in the aforementioned Bengals and 49ers. Um, and then they finish the season against the Cardinals, Panthers, and Falcons. So, you know, it's a very winnable rest of their schedule against a division that I'd say in terms of the Panthers and especially the Falcons have been outperforming their expectations, and I don't think that's going to, you know, continue as the season gets on. There's no way that the Falcons stay in as many games um, throughout the rest of the season as they have so far. Um and then, you know, you look at the defense of the Bucks outside the red zone. Um, they have the fifth-best fifth defense in the league when looking at expected points added. Um, but then when it comes to the red zone, they have the 18th-worst uh, defense in the league. So they've been plagued by the injury bug on both sides of the ball, um, especially their offensive line. But defensively, it's, you know, the trends have shown that um, red zone defenses in defenses that have been struggling, um, but are good outside the red zone. Historically, they improve as the season goes on. Um, Interesting. Yeah, which is part of just a little 
article I was reading earlier, um, but they're also going to have to do that without Shaq Barrett. Um, so they're going to need Devin White to step up and some of those other guys um, in that core second level and there's those linebackers. But, um, you know, this past week, Julio showed that he can still turn it on. Uh, I mean, that touchdown, I didn't think that he still had that speed in him. Uh, I mean, he was just moving. Uh, <laughs> he was moving. He was, yeah. Um, Godwin looked more like himself, six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Um, they got Cam Brate back after he had that scary injury. Um and Leonard Fournette's not expected to be out um, for a long time. Should be back even after this bye. Um, Rashad so, White, too. Yeah. He can ball. Yeah. So, you know, this bye comes at a great time for them. Um, they can rest some guys. I think a lot of guys need some break from practice. And other guys are just going through some things, i.e. Brady. Um, so I think this is a perfect time for the Jets. Or Jets. The Bucks <laughs> have a little bit of a reset. Um and come out, you know, hot against the Browns after their bye this week um, and probably start to run away with that NFC South division as, you know, Falcons, Panthers, and Saints. Do we really think any of those teams are going to catch them? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. So, we said best position. Now let's talk about the worst position. Nando, who do you have? Ooh. This one's a tough one. Um, but I think last week in Munich really showed that this Seattle Seahawks team isn't all that, you know, I think the 49ers could be knocking on the door. I think the 49ers can be any football team in this league, to be honest. Um, their defense is unbelievable and Jimmy G is kind of like, you know, he's, he's got, he's got the tools, man. He's got Debo, he's got CMC, even Elijah Mitchell, you know, as a complimentary back to CMC, like, this team's good. Can't forget about George Kittle and the yeah. Jews, obviously, like, can establish a good run game. Like, oh, they can be any team. Jimmy G shows up to play. I think that the uh, 49ers can definitely take that uh, number one spot in that division. I think the Rams have unbelievably underperformed. Yeah. They've been, you know, they had, they've had a bunch of injuries, though, including this past week, you know, Cooper Cup going on the IR, potentially, you know, uh, needing ankle surgery and you know ending his season um, all up in the air. But regardless, I mean they just got Van Jefferson at least. Um, but Matt Stafford didn't even play last week either. Um, but I think that they've kind of dug a hole. I don't think that they could compete for it. But I think the 49ers could easily find themselves winning that division. Um, they do have a tough schedule coming up, but I think that I think that they can get on a roll. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a fair one. Um... For me, I went back to uh, our familiar AFC East. Um, pretty cool. I mean, the fact that if the season ended right now, every single team in the AFC East would make the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, Dolphins sitting at 7-3 and three right now um, at the top of the AFC East. I think they're going to have a tough time keeping that spot. Um, you know, they're only half a game ahead of New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, who are both 6-3. and three. Um and then, you know, uh, two full games ahead of the Pats, who are five and four. But, you know, they're two and one in the division. Their point differential isn't that impressive. You know, they're plus eleven on their point differential. Yes, they've won every game that Tua has started and finished. But I don't think that that's a great metric to really go by. Um, you know, they had an interesting game to start it off uh, against the Pats. Against um, they had that weird win over the Bills. 
Um, and then lost to the Jets. You know, they have they still get to play the Texans next week. Um, but then they have a pretty tough, uh, I think, stretch to end their season. 49ers away, Chargers away, Bills at Buffalo, uh, home against the Packers, away against the Pats, um, and finishing the season home against the Jets. Um, so three divisional games um, and really five tough opponents to finish out this season um, when, you know, you look at the competition in the Jets, Bills, Pats, you know, Pats and Jets will play this week. I think, you know, Jets win that game. They're probably eliminating the Pats from contention more or less. Um, but yeah. Pats win, that still becomes uh, a pretty tight division. The Bills, you're seeing Josh Allen play his worst football of the season right now. Um, I mean, some of his decision-making last week against um, the Vikings in a game, obviously they should have won. Um, definitely questionable, and but I think he's probably trying to force some things because he's got that potential UCL injury. Um, but they're, you know, that's not going to stay the same. They are going to keep getting better and better. The Bills are, I mean, it's definitely in my eyes still um, just about the AFC favorite. And so I think it's going to be a tough road for the Dolphins to hold this lead, um, especially, yeah, when they, they still got, um, you know, three divisional games and then a couple other pretty tough opponents. Um, yeah, I think overall – They'll have a tough time um, staying atop probably the uh, the most competitive division um, in the NFL and one that we did not think was going to be the case heading into this season. Now, just looking directly ahead to Week 11, going to make a couple couple picks, parlay bets for you, our best suggestions. I'm starting it off minus 165 for a Austin Eckler touchdown. Um, he had an absurdly good game last time the Chiefs and Chargers met. Um, he didn't score last week, so I think, yeah, Chiefs also don't have a great run defense. I think he's going to go off. Um, even though it's, you know, minus 165, I think it's still got uh, some some good value to it. Um, then, you know, this is, uh, this is an odd bet, but a bet that I've been doing recently nonetheless is uh, the line is almost always uh, over-under one-and-a-half kicks made for the kickers, so I just choose a, uh, a game with some terrible offenses like Rams-Saints. Those teams are both awful. <laughs> Their offenses are god-awful right now. I don't know if Matt Stafford's playing this week, but I know that Cooper Cup isn't. Um, Saints, Jameis, it's not the answer. That's just for, that's just cold-hard facts right there. Um, so you could do one or either or both. I would maybe do one with the Saints. Um and that's that's easy money that hits almost every time, <laughs> and then um, just wait. We'll call, we'll come back next week and I'll be asking how many of you guys actually did it um, after it hits inevitably. <laughs> Anyways, last pick straight up. I'm going um, the Bears plus three against the Falcons this week. Um, you know, I don't think Justin Fields really is the answer for the Bears. He's definitely the scheming that they're doing with him. Um, on the offense recently is definitely working a lot better. Um, but teams are going to figure it out at some point. That team is not the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and, you know, the other side of it, um, Falcons offense is terrible when it's with Marcus Marriott. I think they, you know, I don't know if he's going to be any better, but they should give Desmond Ritter, um, the rookie that they drafted, a chance. Um, 
and you know this bothers me especially because I'm a Kyle Pitts owner in fantasy but he's being targeted one of the lowest uh, tight ends in the league um, and when he's being targeted um, Marcus Mariota just isn't accurate so it's no. like he's just there's no way for him to get production so um, I think the Falcons are going to struggle um, like I said they're the fact that they've been in games um, for a lot of the season, I think that's going to start to end. Um, they just don't have it in them. Um, so Bears plus three, one o'clock game on Fox. Nando, what do you got for some picks? Oh, I think JT minus one thirty anytime touchdown is a lock against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that if there's any any sort of position that gets you know some value against this you know difficult. Uh, you know, pretty consistent Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, it's the running back position, no doubt. And Jonathan Taylor had a big game last game in the Colts um, win. And I'd say, I think it was like a 50-50 split between uh, running and passing. Um, so I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I think he's definitely going to find the end zone um, as he's getting into a groove, you know, being that guy. And honestly, like last year, last year he also had a bit of a slow start. Not mm-hmm. this slow. I think it was more like six weeks. But, I mean, he's he's really stepped up, and I, I see big things for him. Um, and definitely a touchdown this weekend. I'm going to have to go with, for my second pick, a, Ramon, a Ramondre touchdown, man. Run it back against the Jets at home, plus 100. I think that's quality value. I'm expecting the Pats to run the ball a whole lot. Um, I think it's definitely going to be low scoring. Um, honestly, would be surprised if either team has, you know, over 21 points. Um, but I do expect the Pats to score at least once, you know, even though we've had, you know, putting really good use to, you know, Nick Folk. Um, but I do think Ramondre will find the end zone. And this last pick will be a bit of an interesting pick, Forbes, I'll tell you, to say the least. I'm going to go with Darius Slayton, plus 155, to score against the Lions. Um, the Lions play a lot of man coverage. This dude can cook you um, space behind. I think that this guy could score. Um, he definitely has big play potential, but he's also kind of been Daniel Jones's guy. And I think this one could be an interesting game. Um, you know, the Giants do have a super easy schedule, but they've been winning. And I think that, you know, they're definitely going to establish the run with Saquon and, you know, could very well see themselves winning yet another game going 8-2 and two. Um, but I think this guy's going to score. I have faith in Slayton. Alright, you might be one of the few. I don't, uh, I don't know <laughs> any especially even among Giants fans I don't know if they have a lot of faith in him but solid, uh, solid takes especially looking at that defense um, defense that has struggled the entire season um, to stop anybody including receivers so um, think definitely some some solid value on all those picks and so do with all that info as you will um we'll check in back with you guys next week for episode 21 but uh until then enjoy this slate of games on sunday